You are listening to the Willpower Podcast. Welcome to the show. I am Will Holdren, and I talk with some of the most influential CEOs, entrepreneurial leaders, and thought leaders to try and reveal the secrets that has led to their success. I believe that with the right knowledge and mindset, you can do anything you set your mind to. So if you want to learn how to change your life for the better, if you want to learn how millionaires actually became wealthy, or if you want to develop and start your own business from the ground up with the right knowledge to help you, then you are in the right place because this is the Willpower Podcast. How's it going, everyone? My name is Will Holger, and I'm the host of the Willpower Podcast. Today, we have a guest who we had on here before, and his name is Justin Laffey. And Justin is actually the owner of Onyx P Capital. He's also a top-tier real estate coach, and he primarily focuses on helping veterans. And on top of that, while we're doing this part two, is he recently published his very own book, which is actually called Never Outworked, and that is available on Amazon. So we're going to talk a lot more about that book today and where you guys can go out there and find it. Uh, but before we jump into that, first and foremost, Justin, thank you so much for uh, coming back on here to the podcast. Thank you, man. I I enjoyed our first time together, so I was like, let's do this again. Yes, yes. I'm sure Ions is going to love a part two as well. And so jumping into this, I know last time we talked a lot about what you do in real estate and kind of how you've grown your business on that side of things. But today, I want to kind of switch it more into your book and kind of your other businesses as well. So jumping into that, first of all, congratulations on publishing your first book, Never Outworked. And uh, jumping into that, what made you motivated to write that book to begin with? Well, truthfully, it started out as a letter to my daughters. You know, I was, my biggest fear as a father is just that we reach the success that my girls don't know hard work, you know, because a lot of hard work comes from adversity or not having something. And then, so you try to figure out how to get it. Like there, there comes hard work and character. So I started writing down these stories that normally I wouldn't share. Like normally we wouldn't share with my kids just because it's not things that would come up in conversation, like well, why I enlisted in the Air Force or why I got kicked out of college when I was 18 and like little pieces along the way. And then as I was writing it, I realized this is something that's really going to benefit everyone. And so, you know, what started as really a letter to the girls turned into the bestseller that it is today. Yeah. That's awesome. And that's definitely a, a great mentality. And like I said, a lot of people don't understand the true pain and the true like path you have to take to become a successful entrepreneur, right? So it's really cool. You were kind of able to put that into a book format. And so I guess jumping into that, what are the, some of the you know, the main concepts that you discuss in the book? And uh, why is it so necessary to kind of write that out in a book format, right? Because I think that's such an important concept in itself. Like this is a major part of entrepreneurship. It, it's hard. Right. It's not something that's going to come easily. So if you kind of want to touch on, on that a little bit. Yeah. So my main goal was to really show people that it really doesn't matter what your circumstance, you can make your life however you want it be to be so long as you're willing to put in the work. And we do that just by taking all of these stories. So, you know, start out talking about growing up in a bad household, going into, like, like I said, getting kicked out of college and listing in the Air Force. You take all of these little scenarios that normally people get stuck in and just to show you know it's possible for you to still build the life you want to but it takes work like it takes time it takes dedication and if you are willing to put in the work you can still make your life the life of your dreams today yeah yeah 
And so why do you think most people get stuck in those moments in life where they're kind of down and out and it seems like such a long haul just to climb that mountain, really just to start a business, for instance, or accomplish whatever goal they really want to accomplish? Like why do so many people get stuck in that trench, do you think? I think a lot of times people think that they're the only ones in that pain. Like whatever's going on in their head, they feel like it's it's just them because a lot of people don't share those type of things. And so, you know, when I share a story about how I got arrested and then I was ended up in prison, like sharing a, a sale with two people that were 20, 30 years older than me, wow. like I do that to show you like there, <laughs> you yeah. can be in a bad spot. Like you can find yourself in these low situations and I'm going to tell you all mine so that maybe you pick out one story from here so that you know you're not alone. Like it's possible, but it takes work. Yeah, Absolutely. And a lot of mindset, right? You got to have a lot of positive mindset, forward thinking, and knowing that things potentially can get better for you. And so for people that are in those moments, you know, just like you're talking about in the books and in the, the stories that you're kind of relating to people, what is really the first step people should be taking to make that first upward climb, right? Because that's a, it's a long stairway up, but what's kind of the first step someone should be taking to kind of get back on the path they want to get on? Your first step forward is forgiveness. Every single person has something in their background, in their history that's holding you back. You know, for me, I had a really bad relationship with my mother. You know, she grew up in a really, really abusive household because her mom immigrated here from Thailand, like was an alcoholic, was abusive, like both emotionally and physically. Wow. And my mom never worked through those things. So she only learned how to parent the way she was parented, you know? And so then I grew up in this same environment and it was something that really hindered me because I had all this anger in me for a long time. I had all this anger because I wanted to prove like, hey, I can do more in the world, but it was something that still boiled inside. And it wasn't until I realized that I had to forgive her and like all of those things that we went through together before I could really start to open up that door of possibilities. And that's really when things started to change in my life, change as a business owner, like change as a man and a father and a husband. Yeah. I think that is such an important concept, right? The concept of forgiveness, because like you're talking about so many people, I feel like in that situation, that scenario starting out, maybe even life or something that happens during life, people get angry, right? And just like you were talking about, it's either angry at someone you know, or something that happened to you. And it takes a lot to man up to that, to own up to that and go up to that person or forgive them for something that's kind of happened to you. That's kind of put you in a situation where you really had no control over it whatsoever. So walk me through that scenario again, because I want to touch on that a little bit more, but how do you, how do you go up to someone like that and just say, I forgive you, man up to something like that, and then just really just turn the page? Like, how can someone come to terms with that mentally? Because that's so important at the end of the day, like that's how you can flip that page and start. And like you were talking about, take that first step on the journey and kind of get, get yourself where you really want to be. So for me, I had to, to understand two things. First, understand that if I didn't go through that process, if I didn't have that forgiveness, I was really at risk of pushing that onto my kids, you know, pushing that anger and that those feelings onto my kids, because I just, it carries over. And that's why it keeps going like through generations. But then what I had to do was really logically step through it and say, okay, what are the things that, you know, weren't worked out prior to me being a kid that that bled in, into my childhood and teenage years that, that created this environment. And so I started reaching back and understanding all the stories so that I could logically figure it out and be like, okay, you know what? 
I understand why this happened now. I forgive you for it. Like that's a hard, like you said, it's a hard thing to face yourself in the mirror and be like, these are all the things I'm doing wrong. I need to fix that. And for me, it it came face to face because I was looking at my wife and my daughters. I was like, you know what? I want a better future for them. I need to fix me first. Yeah. Yeah. It's all about that personal development. And so jumping on that note a little bit more, do you think you'd be in the same position you are today if you haven't gone to your mom and asked for forgiveness? No, no, for sure. I'm, I said, I got, I got pretty far in life on anger and, and thankfully, you know, being in the military and going into the special warfare, like anger is not a terrible energy to have because you're able to use that kinetically and, you know, use violence as a, as a, as an outlet, you know, but when you, when you get out of that world, you need to find a better way to, to push outside of having anger inside, you know, so before I was able to forgive and, and kind of learn how to love myself and then love outwardly. I would, there's no way in hell that I'd be able to run like businesses and, and be this kind of person today. Right. And it kind of goes along being those, those motivating factors, right? Before you said you're using kind of anger to kind of motivate you to do some things. But again, it probably wasn't with the best intent because anger was your motivation to do some things, right? But now, like you said, you kind of switch your mindset and now you really want to help people in terms like that's your motivation factor, right? You want to provide a better family for your kids. And, you know, that is what really is going to push you now to be successful. And obviously it's with much better intent than it ever was before. So, yeah, people will generally be motivated by one of two things. One, it is, you know, to prove something wrong. Like to, to say, I say, I said, Hey, you're not going to make it in Georgia. Like you're going to have that in the back of your head and you're going to run to, to make that happen. Or it is because they want are outwardly focused and they want to like make some sort of impact. The person who's outwardly focused is going to go much further than the person, you know, just trying to prove the world wrong. And that's who I was for the longest time. Right. Yeah. It's a very good point. And I want to go back on something that you mentioned earlier on this podcast as well, is that you were afraid that your kids, right, weren't going to have to realize how much hard work it takes to become successful because of kind of where you're at in life as a parent, right, as an adult. I think there's a lot of people in that situation. And I think there's, there's a reason why so many first-time entrepreneurs why they're the ones that are making it happen at the big level because they thought they're the ones that have to figure out their parents weren't the ones wealthy. They were the ones that kind of had to grind it out. But from your point as a, as a, as a parent where you kind of already reached a pretty good pinnacle of success, what are the main lessons you're trying to teach to your kids at this point to help them understand that it still takes hard work, not everything's going to be given to you? Like what are some things you're doing in that regard as a parent? Well, the biggest thing I want my kids to learn is to just unapologetically be themselves. You know, because I think a lot of the times we try to fit these molds of like, okay, this is what's popular. This is what's going to look, look good. This is what will get me likes on the internet. And and we try to fit into that. And we don't always just pursue the greatest version of ourselves. And that hinders success in itself. Because someone who's trying to not be themselves is not going to find success. Someone who is just unapologetically themselves will create this vibe that people want to be around and, and will create success. Um, if you haven't seen it already, definitely check out my buddy Kelly Cardenas's podcast. Like when I talk about people who are themselves, there is no one who does it better than him. Yeah. But then the second thing that's really important for me and to teach the girls is that you can go anywhere in this country if you're willing to put in the work. You know, if you're willing to really grind it out and chase after whatever your goals are, 
Like you can do anything you don't have to have the conventional path, but you have to be willing to outwork everybody else. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. And, um, that's such a good point. Like you said, you gotta be willing to outwork people and it takes time to develop that mindset to literally be able to work like 16 hour days, right. Or be able to work how many, how much you got to work to outwork your competition. Right. And so really just jumping that it, it takes practice because it's not something you can just do and expect yourself, expect your body to, you know, be able to do that right away. It's something that's going to take some time. And, you know, over time, then you'll be able to, like you said, have that ability to work that hard and really accomplish your goals. So jumping into that, I mean, never at work, it, it, it's such a pretty cool title because like you're talking about, you need to be able to work extremely hard and know what your goals are and literally push yourself every single day to reach those goals. But how do you know if you're going to reach a burnout when you're doing that? Or how do you do it strategically where you know that you're doing this at the right pace and you're not going to push yourself over the ledge and end up quitting anyway in a, in a month or two? Well, I mean, quitting only happens if, if, you're, if you stop, right? Like failure, failing happens if you just completely stop. For me, I'll tell you, first off, the, the title I stole from my older brother, Nick. He, when he enlisted in the Air Force, his, job, his goal was to become a fighter pilot. And so he put on his wall, never be outworked, just a little piece of paper taped to the door. And so every day when he left, he knew, he reminded himself, I will not be outworked in the pursuit of being a pilot, right? So he would get up, work out, and then every day be reminded, I'm going to become a pilot. I took that same piece of paper. I put it on my wall when I decided I wanted to go to the Air Force Academy. While I was there, when I decided I wanted to go into special warfare, took that same piece of paper, put it on my desk. And then when I decided I wanted to start my own business, I did the same exact thing. And I took that piece of paper and I took it on my bathroom mirror. And so every single day, I was just reminded of this, like, I will not be outworked in my pursuit of, you know, owning a business, going into special warfare or getting into the Air Force Academy. Yeah. Um, the way that it doesn't burn out is creating balance. You know, I, you'll... I'll probably get more done between 7 and 2, 2 p.m. than most people will in their entire day. But that doesn't happen for most people because you think, like, I got to work 16 hours, I got to work 18 hours instead of how do I just pursue this as hard as possible. Right, right. And like you said, it's really just about focusing, right, for a, a period of time. And like you said, if you can really focus for a set period of time, whether it's 7 to 2 or maybe 7 to 12 even, that's a lot better than being distracted and working for like an eight hour day or a nine hour day. Right. So I think that's, that's also extremely important to kind of um, understand. And um, so talk to me, cause I know you went to the air force Academy, right. And I'm sure, you know, going to special forces, you learned so many really good skills. You kind of translate into business and the the idea of never being outworked. Right. So what are some of the main concepts or ideas that you've kind of translated from being in the air force Academy and putting that into your businesses and obviously some of the messages and some of the, the lessons you're trying to relay in your book here never outworked. I had a coach uh, when I was attack P his name was Rob and he had this concept called competitive excellence where he would have a leaderboard in the gym of how much people were deadlifting or their score on their PT test. And the idea was that somebody was going to be the best and, and every single person was working to, to hit that leaderboard or be the best but it wasn't at the detriment of everyone else. They wanted to be the best, so they just raised the level of competition so that every other person in that room had to work harder to be there, had to work harder to be better. And so this idea of competitive excellence, I love 
because you can take that and apply it to business. You can take that and apply it to any of the ventures that you're going to do. You know, I've got a Ironman race coming up that I'm going to do with a good friend of mine. And like, I want him to do well. I don't want him, I don't want to like blow him out the water because I want the level of competition to be high. And if I beat him by two hours, well, then there's no, there's no reward in that. But if he trains really hard, that forces me to train really hard. And we just constantly push each other up. Yeah. Yeah. Definitely a great concept. And I can't believe you're doing Ironman. Those are extremely difficult for those that aren't listening. And just real quick on the Ironman, what actually is all in the Ironman? I know it's um, it's running, right? Swimming and then biking, but how, how many miles for each of those? Yeah. So an Ironman triathlon, it's a swim, bike, run. You have a 2.4 mile swim, the 112 mile bike, and then a marathon at the end. So a 26.2 mile run. Oh my gosh. And how long do they normally take you to do it? Man, I'll tell you, I'm not fast. The last one I did, I did it in 15 hours. Um, and my buddy Tim is, can do them in eight. But um, Oh, my word. Oh, my word. I think I would drown on the first part to try to swim two miles. Well, the thing that I love about Ironman is it's the one thing that will push me like to a point where every other thought in my head disappears. Because when you push yourself to a certain extent, like whether physically, mentally, emotionally, you get really tired, you know, everything else just kind of disappears. So when I did the last Ironman, it hit me at mile 18. Mile 18, I was so mentally and physically exhausted that although there were 2,000 other people in the race, everyone else just disappeared. Every other thought, every other outside influence disappeared. And at that point, you have the most clear thoughts because it's just you. All the noise is gone. So then you start thinking about what you want your life to look at, like what you're capable of. And I love being in that moment. And most people don't ever experience it because it's really hard to push yourself that hard. Right, right. And that's when you're really going to find out who the true you is, right? Once you're in that, exactly. that moment where it's like, it's just you and you and you're talking to yourself in your brain and you got to push yourself another 10 miles or whatever it is. Or even a business, you got to make one more deal kind of thing, you know? So that's a, like I said, most people don't, don't ever reach that point. Right. And, it, and it's kind of sad because most people don't really know what they're capable of at the end of the day. And that's what it really is trying to find what your maximums are and what you're really capable of doing. So, but most people don't understand what they're capable of, not just because they haven't pushed themselves, but because you think you have to fit inside this, this box of what we sell, tell you to do, you know, yeah. like from, from high school, even we'll tell you, okay, these are good, good schools to go to. These are bad schools to go to. This is a good path in life. Like this is a bad path in life. We don't normally just tell people, Hey, what lights you on fire? Like what's going to bring the best out in you. And, and let's figure out how to pursue that. You don't figure that out till later. Right. And so I love that moment in, in Ironman training or endurance training. You know, for me, it's what brings me there. But like, like you said, it just, it takes all of those outside influences away and it, and that's when you see forward. That's when you see like, okay, let's write a book. Let's get up on stage and speak. Like, let's teach things I never thought I'd do before, but I find them in that clarity. Yeah. So is, is that when you got the idea of writing your book when you were running your, your last, your Iron no, Man, the last, my late team, the, when I did the Iron Man, that's when I figured out I was going to quit my job. Oh, wow. Wow. Yeah. Congratulations. Yeah. I mean, like you said, that's when you get the clarity, right? So that's when you got to take steps and, and act and act on those steps. Um, I want to jump real quick back into the concept you were talking about of competitive excellence. And I think that is so crucial. Just what you're talking about in the academy, you literally see people on the board that are putting up numbers and you're like, I got to beat that. I got to train hard to beat that. Right. And that pushes you to that next stream. 
But let's take that to a business standpoint. So how can you, someone starting a new business, right? Or whatever you want to do, someone trying to reach a goal. How do you incorporate that competitive excellence into your life as a business owner when it's not really just you versus someone else you see on the board, right? It's you versus a big range of people, but you don't really know like what they're doing, right? So how do you kind of incorporate that competitive excellence to a, a business owner? So I'll tell you the way that I did it was I went into this thing called Prosperity Camp about a month ago. And at Prosperity Camp, they have what's called the Opportunity Chair. And you sit in this chair in front of a room full of business owners, and you have like the whole spectrum. So while I was there, you had Larry Namer, who started E Entertainment, all the way to you know someone who owns an online shop who's just crushing it. And so you sit in front of everybody and say, hey, this is my business. This is what I'm looking to do. And what you do in that moment is you're seeking counsel because there's a difference between seeking counsel and seeking opinion. When you ask your, your dad or your uncle about something they've never done before, like you're seeking their opinion. But when you reach out to business owners or people who have been in the shoes that you're looking to walk in, you're seeking counsel, you know? So I put myself in this position that I was seeking counsel from a room full of 60 people. A lot of them published authors. A lot of them, you know, had social media brands that were just booming things that I had no idea what I was doing yet, but I knew it was a room I wanted to be in. And so then I got feedback from every single one of them who told me what to do, told me how to launch a book, told me, you know, what I should be doing on social media. And then it created this environment. I was like, okay, these are all people now I can reach back to. These are all people that I can compete with, but who also want to help me and see me be successful. Right. Right. And that's a cool thing about it, right? Especially in the business world is that, is that it can be a healthy competitive excellence, right? It's not like you're trying to take down someone else in this realm. Like there's multitudes of opportunity, right? That are out there. So you can find someone, you guys can push each other, but do it in a healthy way. And both realize that at the end of the day, you're trying to make each other better and just help each other, right? It's not trying to tear someone down exactly. and make you grow. It's, it's kind of a difference in that regard. As long as you are honest and good hearted, you can do business in a competitive excellence way without it being, you know, backstabbing. Yeah. And I think that's such a great way to do it as well. It's like you said, go to groups like that, go to masterminds or different events that are out there and literally find people that are crushing it. And that's how you find the standards of something that you want to reach, right? You find someone's already crushing it. Someone that's already doing it, how you want to do it and then copy what they're doing into your business, right? Until you reach it. And in that copying mode, obviously you're going to realize how hard you have to work and what your day and what your skills really going to look like. And that's going to really be the, the difference between who makes it and if you stay in that same level you're at currently. Yeah. Too many people will fall in love with the product and they see something, they'll see like a business owner with a great car or, you know, nice clothes and have this, you know, published book or whatever, and just forget about the process that got them there. But when you spend time with those people, which is like what you're doing, highlighting that you get to understand like, okay, this person got up at four 30 every morning and worked this much to make that happen. And so you're not just seeing the shiny stuff at the end, but really digging in and getting to understand the whole process along the way. Yeah. Yeah. Now I want to go to another, another important concept here. So let's say you're someone, you understand what you need to do. You understand what your daily schedule needs to be. You understand the work that's going to need to, to take it. And you're trying to do that thing every single day, right? The high degree of excellence. But let's say like 10 days into it, you miss a day, right? And then the days after that, you miss a day. So what happens in those days where you miss your goals? You don't work as hard as you really want to. What, what should you be saying to yourself in a positive, healthy way to kind of get you back on that track where you should be? 
So I try to push people to to grow in all pillars of life, you know, physically, mentally, spiritually. I think that's where you really find success. Um, but understand that your daily schedule cannot be super static. I'll tell you that my perfect day schedule almost never happens because I have two toddlers like that doesn't <laughs> exist. But I look at myself at the end of every day, at the end of every week and say, okay, did I grow today? Did I get better this week? Did I get a step closer to where I wanted to be? And if I did, awesome. You do that every single day for an extended period of time and you're going to be one of the most successful people in the world. If I didn't, then I need to figure out why and I need to figure out how to do it better the next day. Right. And that's so crucial. And I love what you said too, is that you have a perfect day, but you rarely ever hit it. And I think a lot no, of- No, it never happens, dude. Never. Yeah. <laughs> I, think, I, th I think that's such a missed message for people out there because they see these, these high performers, these entrepreneurs and like, man, these guys are perfect. 100% of the time doing these things every single day and they rarely ever screw up or mess up. And then you try to do it yourself and you mess up one day, you mess up two days of a week and then you kind of get down on yourself. You kind of beat yourself up mentally. Like what you're saying, just like, like, oh, I can't do this. I'm not made for this stuff. And that's the kind of negative message you can't really be sending to, sending to yourself. And that is what people, can bring you down. People sometimes forget that failure is really just like a stepping stone forward. It's a sorting mechanism to figure out where you're actually supposed to be. Because, you know, I really believe that every single person in this world was created to push the world forward in a way that only they can do. But you don't figure that out without going through a bunch of trials and tribulations. I probably have maybe eight, 10 businesses before this that failed, that didn't work out, you know, that led me to these three that are working well right now. But without those other ones that happening happened, like we never would have got here. Right. Take everything as a, as a learning step, right? Until you kind of find something that's, that fits your groove. Um, so jumping back into your book again, did you, how did you actually end up publishing your book? Did you self-publish it or did you find a publisher for it? So I self-published, and the reason that I wanted to do that was because, one, I wanted to show that you can publish and write your own book without going to some big publishing company paying $35,000, $50,000. Like, you don't need to do all that. You just need to pull it out of you. And two, it was something I was able to do with my family. So when you look at the cover and the art on the back and the front, my wife did all of that. And when you look at the editing, my sister did that because she was an editor for a big financial firm. So this was something that I was able to do with my whole family while being able to show people, hey, you can make it on the Amazon bestsellers list without putting out all this money. You just need to put yourself out there. Yeah, and that's so crucial as well. And for people that are reading this, obviously you just published it, right? And it's starting to hit, hit, hit Amazon. People are probably talking a lot more places and doing some live events, speaking about it. But for people that are buying your book, I mean, what are the main takeaways that you want these people to, to come away with after reading your book? I want people to understand that whatever it is your dream is, it's in grasp. It's not out of grasp for, for any reason. And people write off their dreams for so many reasons, whether it because they didn't come from money, like they couldn't go to whatever school they wanted to. All of these reasons people throw out there, I try to address. And my hope is that through the plethora of stories that we shared, that you'll grasp onto one bit and be like, wow, okay, he did this. There's a normal dude from Philly who didn't have all this stuff and he still made those dreams happen. Why? It just came from hard work. And you break it down. Like, like we said, forgiveness first, like self-love second, and then hard work is is three. Those three things in itself will set you up to do anything in the world. Yeah.
And that's such an important concept too, to go after your dream, right? And let, let you know that your dream is possible because like you mentioned, so many people, once they get out in the real world, I mean, growing up, they got big dreams when they want to do. And then fast forward mid twenties, early thirties, like that dream is gone. Right. And there's, we get, left, yeah. we get lackadaisical with our lives and you kind of just get into this routine and you feel like you have to do something. And, and people forget, like, even if you're not religious, like you were not the creation of you was not lackadaisical, but yet we live in this, in this fashion that's so lazy sometimes and we let go of the things that we dreamed of doing. Yeah. Yeah. And that's the ultimate dream killer, right? I mean, most people, you know, the old saying is most people die before they, they ever get to the grave, right? So you got to make sure you kind of don't fall into that routine. Don't get complacent and keep your dreams alive and go after them. The yeah. message. And uh, before we hop off here, I just got a couple more questions for you. Um, so one, where can people go out there and find your book to begin with? You just search Never Outworked on Amazon. It'll be the first one that pops up. So. awesome right on amazon I love it. there it is i like that cover too your uh your sister right did, did a good job my wife your my wife, wife. did a good yeah. job on that cover so that's cool and uh before we hop off i mean is there anything else that you would like to say to people listening no i said especially when i'm talking to military vets but really everyone in general like understand most people are so much more capable than they think they are they just haven't been pushed to those levels yet you know, so, you know, find something out there and it doesn't have to be physical. It really can be anything that pushes you outside of your comfort zone and you'll start to get glimpses of what it is you're capable of. Yeah, absolutely. All right, guys, there you have it. Justin Lafie, thank you so much for joining me for part two again on our podcast. No way that we go is a one-way street. Nothing that we love is a one-day key. And if we gone, do it, we gon' do this. And if we say we